All right, so here we go. I'm going to get the volume adjusted, and we're now on podcast number 17. I'll get it right this week. Let's go ahead and bring everyone else in. Hopefully no one uh, peeks things out tonight. So, as I said, we're on podcast number 17, and we'll see how loud everyone is. We have Chris this week. Cisco. Corey. Corky. And Shannon. So we have uh, Shannon, who hasn't been with us yet, so you could call him a special guest, or he may be a recurring character. Who knows? Woohoo. Uh, and, and as special guest, he gets to do the role tonight. It's heavy. It's wonderful. And I'm rolling. And there, is that 16 again? 16. He test rolled earlier and got 16, and it looks like he re-rolled the 16 again. So that would be if comics, he rolls right? three 16s? 16 is comics. So, so, if he rolls three sixteens, does that mean he gets everything that you own? No, he'll never regain everything he owns. No, <laughs> not even close. So the re- I'll shut down everyone's mics, but Corey's and uh, Shannon's, <laughs> since the rest of us have nothing to add. What are you talking about? Corey's a bigger comic collector than I am. Is he really? Or at least has been. Has more comics than I do. No, I don't. I think you do. No, I don't. Okay, well maybe not. Like how many do you I have? I wore in, in series of comics and like, you know, back issued comics. That's so sad that Scott's not here. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, Scott would be a really good comics person. Scott would be good. Um, have we ever rolled comics before? Why are you licking your lips? I don't. I don't know. It, it's. I really don't know. No. You, you listen to these recordings all the time. I I've listened to these memorized. recordings. I have not listened as much lately. Oh no! You disappoint me. He's starting to wane on us. No, it's political radio. More political radio. No, we only wrote politics one time, and, <laughs> and we know horrible. how that went. Yeah, it sucked. <laughs> That's why I listen to political radio to make up for it. And hoping, so you're like cramming for the next time we roll it. No, I just felt like I really should know more about politics, and we went into the election and everything after that. So it was kind of like a big deal. Yeah, I'd be a loser on politics. I try not to pay attention as much as humanly possible. Well, speaking of politics, there we go. We can talk about the Obama craze and how he's showing up in every single comic book known to man. They're creating tons of comics about him. They are putting him in... They put him in Spider-Man. Savage Dragon as well. Savage Dragon had him first, I think, actually. Uh, Rob Liefeld drew him in Youngblood holding a giant blaster. Now there is... uh, Brock the Barbarian... Like, he actually gets powers? Uh, It's a sort of Conan-esque type of thing of him. (laughs) My soul was a little Red Sarah. Will there (laughs) be an issue where he takes on the Governor? I don't know. That would be the four-part miniseries later on. (laughs) That I might actually go out and get. I I just saw a story about some Obama manga right before I came over here, so... Yeah, it's it. Is he doing Sailor Moon? <laughs> With I'd the like to be control? doing Sailor Moon. No, I um, don't um, believe so. Oh, Shannon has not seen that movie. Really... Actually, Sailor Mercury is is the one that really you know does it for me. Wow. Shannon needs a moment. <sighs> yes, <laughs> give me about four and a half mo- uh, minutes and some Vaseline. I'll be right back. Um, and a wet nap. Wow. Oh, well, we it, have that sound recorded twice now. The rolling R. <laughs> thank you, thank you. 
I do sound bites in my spare time. Uh, it's funny, though, with the Obama comic, the Spider-Man especially, um, it made it up to $300 um, the day after it came out. Oh, yeah. Um, it sold out in every single comic book store in town. I bought three copies myself um, at the height. I bought them for like 100 and sold them for three. Um, so that makes me happy. But um, it's sort of ridiculous because uh, all these people came in and they all never collected comics and they needed the first edition. Yeah. It's like it's been reprinted 17 times now. You can get the 17th printing for $1.25. And they're like, no, need first edition. It's like, why? <coughs> yeah, I don't really exactly understand. Sorry. And it, it, it kind of torqued me off because it's another one of those things where you Marvel... Like your gears? Marvel put it out there without really letting the retailers know ahead of time what was going on with it. And so they missed their opportunity to sell a book that they could have ordered and had for sale. So really, who gains from it? Well, Wizard Comics, because yep. Wizard Comics, the same as when Captain America died, knew ahead of time what the content was, ordered it like crazy, and then everybody could order it from Wizard, not get it at their local retail shop. So Wizard could mark the stuff up like crazy, saw a lot of profit from it. And all the regular comic retailers that support Marvel all the time get dicked. Which is sort of silly because it's not like there's any um, corporate chain comic book stores out there. Right. I mean, it's all independent, independently owned, locally operated um, comic book shops, and they're getting screwed. So you're screwing the little guy in order to make you know an extra seventy five cents on uh, one comic for about a month and a half. It's mm -hmm. just, it's I don't know. I think it's ridiculous. I I mean, I've been collecting comics for um, gosh, uh, twenty five years. And have thousands and thousands. Power Pack number one being the best. Um, but anyways, um, I've spent a lot of time at independent comic book stores. And here in uh, Santa Rosa alone, I mean, we've gone through, I don't know, nine incarnations of the same comic book shop over the last decade and a half. I mean, Barrett's Comics and Games, and then Fantasy Books and Games, and Clark's, and now it's uh, Outer Planes or something like that. And it'll be something else probably in about a year. So it's sort of, it's a, it's a crappy industry. But uh, comics are fun. Even though the Outer Planes, just for all of you people out there, they, they suck. <laughs> None of their comics are ever mints. They don't have offer them bagged and boarded. And I mean, what They're the hell savages. is savages. The savages, exactly. I mean, you know, I, if I'm going to buy a comic, I want it to be near mint. I don't want it to be fine. I don't want it to be very good. I want it to be near mint. And the bastards rack them wrong. And yeah, tell them. <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer, by the way, best comic out there. It is damn good right now. So what, the, what you're saying is that they would put the uh, issue of Lex Luthor discovering red kryptonite before they actually discover it? Well, not only that. I mean, you can tell that, <laughs> yeah. that, that they've got no yeah, chronology. I did that. Yeah. Um, I, knew. <laughs> yeah. I knew you were going there as soon as yeah, you no, started. I, I know that. There was definitely a mall rats moment there, wasn't that? <sighs> yeah, that was Lost Boys. Was it? Oh, it was. Mm -hmm. oh. Yep. It was mall rats they were digging than his that. civilian wardrobe. Yes. 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 Oh. I love that movie. <laughs> if you haven't learned that Corky is our movie quote person. We're taking him on some Corky kind of show. Some every sort. movie ever. And I do actually have a picture of Corey Haim. That lunchbox here got signed for me. And what does it say? It says, hey, Grom, nice hair. Ouch. <laughs> because my hair was actually inspired by Corey Haim in Prayer of the Roller Boys. Rocking the mullet? Where it was just like messy. You were a braver man than up. I to admit to that. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I just thought it was cool. And I met him at a comic convention, so rock. Cool. I think the same convention I met Kevin Smith. 
Was that San Diego Comic Con or? Uh, no, it was uh, WonderCon. Yeah. Back when it was still in Oakland. Yeah, it's at the Moscone Center now. I was there the last two years running. Crashed out in the hallway for Comic Con this year. It was great. I gave up my hotel room. There was just thousands of people there, just sleeping in hallways. I was like, screw it. My hotel was around uh, 15 miles from the uh, from the actual convention center, so I canceled my hotel reservations, grabbed my backpack, and just slept in hallways all weekend. It was great. Sort of vagrant like. Chris is <laughs> waving a lot. Apparently, he doesn't like comic books. Well, I mean, you guys are being rude because. Cisco, you worked in fantasy with me. I did. So you know comics. I know some comics. Chris, you've collected comics. You've got comic paraphernalia up on your damn bookshelf. I I... do, but I actually, you know, I never really read a lot of comics. I watched plenty of comic cartoons, Mm -hmm. which is not the same, but that's where a vast majority of my comic But what are the comics that did kind of pull you in? There were a couple that you... The only one that I really loved was Starman. Yeah, that's and what it's I not the one anyone else reads. No, it's not the the James Robinson Starman. You read the Starman before that, where it was the guy in actual space and stuff. It was the guy who got hit by a cosmic beam that was meant for some other people, and the satellite got hit by a meteor and it redirected it to him. He was out backpacking by himself, and it turned him into a living star. And he was a guy, a normal guy, that basically tried to, you know, figure out what it was like to be a a superhero and what he was supposed to do with it and he was decently powerful he was reasonably strong uh, I think he actually was side by side with Superman in one issue um, he could you know shoot beams and whatnot because he was a living star and for some odd reason had the ability to change his appearance they just kind of added this little quirk on there where he could change his physical appearance he looked like Jay Leno once and some other strange things like that. But, uh, yeah, it ran 43 issues before they canceled it. Which is pretty good these days. You know, some of the the better books that the companies put out don't last that long. Other than that, I really, you know, I, I collected uh, Wildcats for four issues. I mean, I've just, a little things here and there, but nothing, nothing really. Yeah, I've got this... I collect all of the young superhero um, books, so uh, recently uh, Runaways, which I adore. Joss Whedon did an arc of that, and I love Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon is the man. Now, how did you feel about Whedon's arc? Because a lot of people didn't really agree with it. Um, well, he uh, his entire arc, they go back in time, and mm-hmm. um, it's just a different premise for the Runaways, but they're still dealing with the same thing, and that's uh, trying to save young, superpowered children from their fate. And it was a little Dickensian, um, and... I, but I wow, enjoyed it. that's a it. word we haven't used before. I don't know what it means. So. Dickensian, as in, like, Charles Dickens? <clears throat> um, so, yeah. I don't read. <laughs> I read a ton. <sighs> um, but I really like those. And, of course, uh, my, my the, I started off with uh, Power Pack in 1984 mm-hmm. because uh, in 1984 I was nine. And uh, the main four heroes, the, the youngest was seven, the next was nine, then 11, then 13. Um there, it was a five, six-year run, and so during those five, six years, I, as I grew up, I could identify with every single character in a different way as I grew up. So now Power Pack being the most janky of all Marvel superheroes, and if you try to go online and say, Power Pack forever, they will kill you. <laughs> um, I have been yelled at, and my taste has been questioned a million times over my love for Power Pack. But for me... 
it's it's association. Um, and now that I'm older, you know, I'm all about the storyline and, and, and complex graphics and plot. But when I was younger, it's like, hey, I, I could be that kid. And did so, you read the recent Power Pack series, the the new stuff? Did you read the retelling of the origin of Power Pack? Yes, all the Mark Summerack stuff. Um, I have. I don't like it. Really? Um, I, it's, it's cute. And uh, you know what? As a matter of fact, uh, um, I, I, I've got them all um, just because I have to have all Power Pack. But namely one, it's not Earth-616, which uh, for all you out there is the main Marvel Universe. Um, and I don't like side stories. I, I want to know what's happening to the characters now. Right. And um, they, the only Power Pack member that has been actually uh, seen in current day continuum is uh, Julie, Julie Power in Loners. Yep. Yeah. He knows. Yeah. Well, I mean, Alex was around for a while. In New Warriors. Right. Yep. With all the powers of the, mm -hmm. the team. He stole them all and was going by the name Power Packs. Right. Yes, I have all the New Warriors comic. I, I have every single comic that any member of Power Pack has ever shown up in. Um, the most definitive collection so then, in the world. Do you remember the Whoopi Goldberg issue? I do. Oh, God. Um, but there was also, <laughs> I mean, there were some terrible ones. I mean, uh, Power Pack was all during the war against drugs, too. Yep. So there was... That's uh, how I learned what crack cocaine was. Yep. There we go. From comics? From a Power Pack comic. <laughs> yep. It was big. I mean, you have to realize uh, uh, Old Mother Reagan was, uh, was running the White House at that given point. And so every single thing, um, all pop culture, reflected the, the, the war against drugs. And we all break into the violent fence. Old Mother so Reagan and her crew took away from me. And you all sent her far away. She better go far away. Old Mother Reagan went to heaven. At the pearly gate, she was stopped. Oh. <laughs> I know that song. <laughs> Apparently. I, I just wasn't singing out loud. Yes. And thank you, Chris, for introducing me to the violent fence. Um, was it me or John? Uh, one of the two. Due to the fact that I don't actually think about John anymore, uh, I'll, I'll give you all the credit that he could possibly ever deserve. So, <laughs> Cisco, you were saying that your comic, Strangers, Strangers in Paradise, Terry Moore. It's the only thing that I've ever read. Because I, I'm not a comic person. I mean, I like collections once they're done, but because I, the way that I read is cover to cover entire book comics have never been okay with me because I don't like getting to a point and having to stop and wait until the next one shows up well then let so me tell I, you I'm not cool with the weekly Terry Moore is doing story. a limited edition I know he's doing a limited edition and there's part of me that really wants to order it and there's another part of me that goes you know what I have most of those comics in collected versions already and which one the pocketbook ones or the they're on the bottom shelf over there ow <laughs> that and I I have what else do I have I have a signed copy of that's what happens when you, um, you face me Astro Man As what or what was it Ass Master <laughs> no not Ass Master when we worked at the shop and what's his name came in and oh Astra City when Astra Brent City. came in there yeah yes the I, day I my car got broken into yes and they left my comics the day that you and I were like alone in the shop for like 12 hours because apparently no one knew he was signing and we felt so bad and we were I just should sitting really on start with your mic four inches lower than where you're sitting normally batch level Yes. He said four inches, so I just figured that's the aiming point. Dear, stop. 
They can hear nothing but the sound of the mic stand. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, the, Strangers has been issued and reissued and like it's all collected now. So I mean, there's really... Right. and Even Aaron's got the first three and was okay, kind of whizzing through them way. for a while. Sorry. And what do we feel but about again, Sandman? Pretty much one of the most critically acclaimed comic books in existence. I mean, oh, and I have to yeah. say, I love Tank Girl. Oh, because I read Tank Girl. Tank Girl. I mean, oh, come on. Tank Girl? Yeah. You, I'll have to look tomorrow when I go back to work. It's on sale at work on DVD for five bucks. Blu ray? Yeah. Oh, Lori no, not on Blu ray. I, I own it on DVD regularly. <laughs> I'm waiting for it on Blu ray. Well, if I see it, I'll pick it up. Because I love, I love that movie. I think they did such a good job translating just the whole vibe of the comic and how it carried over. And I loved that I just, they put in all the little pops and pals. I, I love the, the animation just thrown into yes, it. I, I awesome. loved that movie. I thought they did such a good job on it. Oh, and, and Ice-T was the bomb. It's a giant kangaroo. <laughs> I mean, please. <laughs> all about Lori Petty. Oh, gosh. She yeah. rocked that movie. Snip, I, snip. I, oh, psh. Oh. We're cutting the nylons up. Oh, oh yeah. yes. I may need a moment after that thought. Um, I don't know. <laughs> not her and Jet for there and the, oh, underneath yeah. the carrot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that Jet was, girl. Yeah. Even though Subgirl wasn't in it, and Subgirl does play a large part in the Tank Girl comics, but sort of would be tough with the entire lack of water premise in the movie. So having someone driving around in a submarine would probably be a little bit silly. Yes. Sand sub. There we go. True. It's funny yes. I haven't seen and, the movie. I mean, I tried to get into. Well, we can watch it after How the, we're done here. How have you never seen? Tank because Girl? I've made very sure that I haven't seen I am the movie. Duct taping you to the couch. Understand. There, there's plenty of movies I haven't no seen that I'm sure are great anything. fun for I, other people. I don't people understand how it is that Aaron hasn't made you watch it. I don't know if Aaron's seen it. Maybe she's seen it. I don't know. I am. I think that's something she would totally get into. Okay, your job is to make Aaron watch that this weekend. When you buy it on the five dollar sale, I already picked it up. <laughs> but yes, I picked it up the other day when I bought uh, right. what was it, Into the Dragon for sixteen bucks on Blu-ray. I tried to get into Love and Rockets in high school. Totally Ray didn't Hernandez. work for me. All my lesbian friends read it. I just could not go there. Like all your lesbian friends, she had a gaggle apparently of lesbian friends. Twenty-three. I like the word gag. <laughs> I don't know why. Um. Wow. No. Periscope up. No. No footing. And oddly enough, Shannon's the only one that's been drinking out of all of us. That that could change. Whoa. I got a bottle of Russian River Red in there that we can open if you really want. Um, so quirky. Comics. Yes. Well, I also work with you at a comic store. I wish I had wine to this. So I know that you have a knowledge of comics. Nothing current, but yeah. Well, what's the most current stuff you read? I think the last thing that I read was the first issue, and I don't know if they did anything beyond it, was uh, the release of, re-release of Metal Men. They're actually starting a new Metal Men series with the, um, well, it's going to be a backup story in Doom Patrol. Keith Giffen is writing Doom Patrol, but then the backup is going to be Metal Men with the team who did Justice League international uh keith giffen i always like keith stuff though and um awesome. kevin mcguire who's one of my top favorite artists <clears throat> and just because the way he draws faces is really cool kind of like terry he, he 
you can see every kind of expression on the characters' faces throughout the different things that he does. I, I but wanted to read Hatter M, but aforementioned sucky comic shop can't ever seem to get it in and keep it when I want it. Are we talking about the employees now? Or are we just... Oh, sorry. Just sucky comic book shops in general, I guess. <laughs> Not being able to get it in and keep it just seemed like, you know... That's happened to me a couple times before. But... Gaggle of lesbian friends. Yes. Okay. Yep. They don't really care, though, when that happens. Well, I mean, your favorite comic book, of course, is... My favorite comic book of all time is Poison Elves. And would you like to speak on that? Can I have a hard time talking about that? Why? Well, uh, a lot of it is just because, I mean, it, it was it was a comic that, you know, I, I got into just because I religiously read previews and advanced at that point was still out. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was all because I worked at a comic shop that I had access to that. Um, and I kept seeing ads for, and I actually still have the original ads, for Poison Elves. For the, I think the first ad that I ever saw was Lucifer with his um, sword saying, you know, these aren't your pretty little elves. You know, and he's, you know, there's, he's a combination of Lux Interior from the Cramps, Glenn Danzig, and I can't remember a couple of the other people that inspired Drew Hayes, who created Poison Elves for Lucifer's character, but he's just like this pissed off elf that just kicks ass with like ears that are like a foot tall. Um, and he's just awesome. So I started looking around to find it and I picked up I think it was like issue three through nine, which were actually magazine sized. Um, now, was it Poison Elves at that point, or was it still I Lucifer? No, it was I Lucifer up until issue. What was it, nine or ten? I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I had I had a hell of a time finding them all. Um, and then I told the owners of the shop that Corey and I worked at that they should start looking at ordering the book in because it was really good and it was going to be the next hot thing and he ran to what issue 20 something I think he did 20 on his own and then then he he got signed with Cirrus Cirrus Press and you know that was it it was like the largest contract ever signed by a comic artist at that point because he had signed on for something like 17 years or something with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then tragically, Drew died a couple of years ago. It was a year ago, actually. It might have been a little bit more than that. It was like a year and a half ago at this point. Um, you know, but it was really sad, but I had actually got to meet Drew Hayes um, a number of years ago at this point uh, at a convention in Michigan. Um and I had gone with my brother and a couple other friends and I had gone just because Drew Hayes was going to be there uh, I had a stack of stuff for him to sign and I I really figured that I was going to have to stand in this huge fanboy line and you know you know, all these people like you know bringing up stuff that was current and nobody having like the original run 
you know, no backstory, how he met Jace and all these people, you know, how he ended up getting the gun that he carried, um, you know, because it was all, like, fantasy setting, so there was no technology. It was well, like it was swords. kind of a mix. It was fantasy setting, but they would have, like, streetlights and stuff. Right, but it wasn't, like, they, they didn't have any, like, you know, how he got the gun was from an assassin that was sent from another plane of existence, and he ended up killing the thing. Uh, it's a gun that has endless bullets, which is just awesome. I was awesome. going to say, how, how does one get ammo? Um, so I get there Got and... another plane. I, I, I get there and there's like this, this really cool booth set up and this guy sitting with his back to who the crowd would be. Nobody's standing around him. And I just walk up and I was just like, would you be Drew Hayes? And he's like, I, I would be. I'm like, there's nobody here. And he's like, well, you can kind of see where they put me in the the con. They kind of shuffled him off to a back corner. So him and I talked for like an hour. You know, he signed like four or five of my issues. I bought a poster from him, and he signed that. Um, and we just we just sat there and talked. Uh, I I asked him if he wanted me to get him anything because he was kind of trapped there and uh, he's like a Jack and Coke would be nice you know just like this regular guy he was just very down to earth very cool uh, asked me why I started collecting the book and I was just like because it went against everything that an elf would be um, that Lucifer just reminded me a lot of myself you know as I started reading into it and uh you know, I had always vowed that I was actually going to do a sculpture and send it into him and have him see if he would actually approve it for production. But, you know, with the transitions that I was going through, not having a place to set up and, you know, sculpt and whatever, I never did it. And, you know, he passed away. You know, but it was the one book that I faithfully read every issue once if not twice um, above any other book that I was reading at that point in time whether that be X-Men uh, which I stopped reading right after the Phalanx Covenant because that just blew um, I stopped collecting X-Force Generation X I stopped collecting uh, pretty much any of the X titles I was collecting at one point I stopped collecting and then it just came down to Poison Elves um but, yeah, I mean, he really inspired me to, you know, do better at what I wanted to do. You know, because he was putting out, you know, the issues, doing all the writing, the drawing, the inking, everything. And he was doing an issue every other month. Also, the death threats. Yeah, uh, yeah, Letters of the Editor, um, which was called Death Threats, was just awesome. Um I mean, he always had something funny to say, um, different perspective on life that you had never thought of. Uh, he would talk about stuff that was going on in his life. You know, there was no... Um, he didn't hide behind what he did. You know. Uh, Can you hear the refrigerator? And that was, that was what was cool. A little bit. Um, you know, but I collected Cyberforce for the longest time, too. Um... Uh, 
We got to meet uh, Mark Silvestri. Well, it was when you and I went. We we'd met Silvestri. No, I think that was me. That was very ghetto of you. I, I, well, no, no. When, you, when you and I went, we went and saw. With a lighter. <laughs> it was, it was Jim Lee. Oh, we, yeah, we saw Jim Lee at uh, Valentino, um, Eric Larson. <clears throat> uh, I can't remember who else was there because that was the time that Jim signed my my shirt, and we were walking away, and I I told him next time that he saw Rob to punch him in the eye for me. And everybody at the table just died. They were they were laughing so hard, you know. And Jim Lee's a little guy. I mean, he's like my size, and you know, he just he didn't know what to say to that. He just he just laughed. But yeah, that's that's pretty much what I read. I mean, I was a huge X Men guy for like the longest time. Uh, I think I have. I think starting at issue thirty five. Down to the Phalanx Covenant. Most of them, are, I would say, in um, at least the earlier issues, um, I would say, it'd probably be in fine condition. Nice. Um, I think I have issue eleven that's in good condition, and that came from Jen and her dad for my birthday party because he had a bunch of old stuff and he had give me like that like Captain America like 52 or something like that so I mean I have some some older stuff but um, yeah I mean Poison Elves was like the epitome of comics to me I don't think I could find anything really on this earth to replace it it's kind of hard to look at you, you go from all these you grew up reading mainstream comics like X-Men I mean I came to X-Men from Teen Titans I was reading stuff about Robin is Dick Grayson is Robin and everything and all of a sudden they had this crossover with this group called the X-Men and I was like oh well, I'll check that out and then I was like oh wow who's Kitty Pride character oh, I'm going to follow Kitty that Pride. over yeah Kitty Pride is my destiny yep um Colossus Nightcrawler yeah like but all that stuff was well and good but when you suddenly find this one book that you know you're the the only one you know reading it and it's someone's <clears throat> life's work to make that happen you know, there there was something to the X Men when Claremont was writing it because it was all him, and then all these other titles started springing out of it. And for a while, he wrote those too, but it was always going to be Marvel's book. When you started to pick up some of these other books and seeing just someone throwing themselves into this work and doing everything they can to make it happen, you know, that's what Poison Elves was. That's what uh, Preacher was. I love Garth Ennis. Yeah, and I same thing. I met Garth at WonderCon. Right after I first moved out here, I was the only one talking to him, you know, at that point. And Preacher was pretty huge. Preacher's amazing. The Boys is amazing, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, a bunch of normal people going around capping superheroes if they get a little bit too out of line. I, you know, you got to love the premise. And Garth Ennis has always had just such a, a – he's just so gritty. I mean, Preacher had some of the greatest characters. I mean, admittedly, I think my, my, my favorite uh, – non-Marvel slash DC title over the last like 10 years is Why the Last Man but Preacher I think would be the, the a very very close second um, he also um, had Preacher when I worked in, at Fantasy <laughs> and he also cool. did Hitman too didn't he Hitman yep. which was Hitman is, is, is humorous I mean Batarang what and then he ducks because of course he can 
um, read people's minds and um, has x-ray vision. And when he meets Catwoman, that's phenomenal because the first thing he does is look at her naked. And, well, who wouldn't? <laughs> I mean, my God, I've seen how she's drawn. Um, but Is, is yeah. that kind of like a Justicar putting down a paladin? I don't know. <laughs> Well, no, it was it was a previous thing. I was holding my comment because you, you you had such a great monologue going, um, talking about uh, people going around capping superheroes when they get out of line. Uh, I forget what book it was that Chris had me read, but it was a uh, a Justicar that had killed a paladin, which was awesome. Oh, that was one of the Greyhawk books. Yeah. Oh. It's like, oh yeah, where did you get your? He had a Hellhound pelt that he had killed a paladin for. I don't think he killed him for it. But well, he, he <laughs> killed him because of it, because he had tormented the hellhound. And he's like, where did you get that? He's like, I judged a paladin for it. Which I was like, dude, that's awesome. <laughs> Put down a paladin. Sorry. That, so oh, that's, that's where it was. Understand. Got it? <laughs> yeah, we never sidetrack around here at all. No. No. I, I can't keep a coherent thought in my head from Horton. Yeah. Ooh, look, a bunny. This year I did have my uh, my moment of comic catharsis, and uh, and got to have breakfast with my most favorite comic uh, writer ever, which made me really happy. And that would be Neil Gaiman. Um, got to have breakfast with him and then talk about his his new book, which is uh, the Graveyard Book, which is phenomenal. Not what? a comic book, uh, but just out of curiosity, phenomenal. why is that in the kids section? Um, well, the, the the main character is uh, is only well, he starts off as a baby and then ends at sixteen. And it's really a story about family more than anything else, mm -hmm. and um, how uh, uh, any truly successful parent um, can judge their parenting skills by how obsolete they make themselves become. So the goal of any good parent is to make sure that your children don't need you. And that's what this book is all about. It's just, it's just the child is raised in a graveyard by spirits, rather than by a mother and father who are, coincidentally get brutally murdered in the first chapter. Um, after that, it, it all calms down quite a bit. But uh, um, getting to, to, to sit down and chat with him and talk about Sandman and, and, and how now all he writes is young adult, and uh, he will not write any um, adult books again until um, his kids are over the age of 18 and have moved out of the house. Even though so, Maddie's like thirteen now. Yes, and then but he's got a, a daughter too, who's only like four or five. So he just wrote Blueberry Girl for, um, which is a phenomenal book. I mean, if you've ever read uh, The Wolves on the Walls, or I'd, I'd uh, swap my dad for two goldfish. That was um, these awesome. Are book. His children's books, and he also has an ABC book for kids that is just dark and wonderful. I mean, P is for I need pirates. Woohoo! I'll get you one. Um, but. He is my hero. I mean, if, if there's any person that I could say is my hero, um, it would be Neil Gaiman, especially, and mainly because I quit collecting comic books for about eight or nine years. Um, when I turned about 12 to about 20, I just seemed juvenile to me. Um, and then I found Sandman. And it was just like, oh my gosh. I did not realize that comics could really go to that level. I mean, dealing with every aspect of mythology, not just from, you know, Greek, but Norse, um, angelic, I mean, everything. It was all in there in a comic book. And I just thought that was phenomenal. And it's dealing with, with characters that are so beyond the scope of Batman or Superman. I mean, we're talking about the Endless, um, who are concepts. They're not even really people, per se. They're just, 
a a a a idea that is so amazingly powerful that they have form, and uh, of course, starring Dream is the coolest of all. Um, but it just showed me. I mean, certain of the comic books were they didn't even have they didn't didn't even have panels as far as you know one image leading to the next. One was just uh, Japanese uh, oil paintings, and you know a little bit of scattered words here and there it really showed me that a comic book didn't just have to be okay let's put on some spandex at that point it became an art form exactly um actually the first time i noticed that was an electra arc way 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 back when um and it was all done on in uh, oils Mm -hmm. so um that was the first time i really 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 realized that comics can be art and then on top of that later on i found out they, they could also have a story that is so far beyond yes I was bitten by a radioactive spider yes I've got to go out and beat some people up because they killed my father or uncle whichever so it, it just it led to a much broader um, desire to collect comics and that's why I started collecting again now admittedly I've gone back to my marbles and I collect a few of those titles but I pay a lot more attention to Vertigo and Dark Horse and, and all the sub um, people, uh, there's a great uh, graphic novel called The Alcoholic, which uh, won the Eisner Award last year, and it is it's amazing. I mean, um, I don't really like Love and Rockets. Um, I, I usually uh, uh, read to escape, um, and reading about real life tends to piss me off. But uh, Alcoholic was was amazing because it it chronicles one person's entire life dealing with with alcohol and how eventually it it leaves him a a, a bitter jaded wreck and obviously i have a few things that i may um associate with there (laughs) um but it's just it just shows that i mean i mean like persepolis i mean there is so much more to comic books than just you know let's let's put somebody in a cape and have them throw a batarang i mean like why the last man i mean I mean, you start dealing with these these moral problems and and what happens or how does does society break down because of this one event and of course that event being every single man on earth dies, um, other than talking one, with heroes and his monkey, because um, everybody oh oh yeah if you, the, the the monkey lives ampersand yeah. come on a boy and his monkey it's it's the common story like boy and his dog you know monkey no boy and his dragon boy and his dragon. Homerotic fantasy. No. How is a boy and his dragon a homoerotic fantasy? Oh. When the boy fucks the dragon, <laughs> it's a homoerotic fantasy. Well, you never said the dragon was a guy. I didn't say it wasn't. Fair enough. <laughs> Forked tongues can do all sorts of things. Anyway. And it just reminds like me of your balls the... and the ass at the same time. <laughs> My God. Me of the, the whole talking with heroes thing that you wrote for, for the two of us. Mm-hmm. Which is on the D20 site, so people read it and give feedback, because he needs to start writing more. Sure. The, the, you you the, do need to start writing more. The funny thing about that was that it was an idea I had in the shower. And it was just... You're thinking of me in the shower. Thank God for showers. Are we and still on homoerotic dragon stuff again? No. Oh, okay. I, I don't think know where he's I had Well, Chris was really thing. good with the homoerotic dragon stuff. I mean, he was into it. He was <laughs> dancing <laughs> over in the corner. He was like, hey. He's like, woohoo. Dragons, love, deviancy. <laughs> but no, it, it was what I told you about it. it. That was the problem is I actually mentioned to you that I wanted to write the story and you were like, we'll go write it. And yeah. you shoved me into Emily's oh, wow. room with my laptop and yep. you made me write it pretty much on the spot, which is 
What? It took me an hour? Okay. So new plan. We add a little side cubicle to the danger shed with an outside padlock so that you can shove Corey into like it with the lock box. <laughs> and lock him in and make well, it. Well, right. he, he did want a gimp mask at one Bring point. Bring out the I rider. totally wanted <laughs> a gimp mask. I was yeah, dying for I that. can loan you mine. Yeah. <laughs> what? I'm not even going to touch that. Wow. What, the mask? I wouldn't touch it. No, Anything associated with it. But that was also, Talking with Heroes was the first time that I ever wrote about Grom. Ever. And the first True. time that I actually decided that I was going to use Kaln in the same stories with Grom, because Kaln was originally supposed to be part of Odyssey, which was years and years in the future. Right. Um, so that's what if led you to... to you haven't website, read our comic on the website, have you? I've seen the website. I saw the miniatures. I haven't memorized the names. Fuck off. <laughs> it's on his shirt. It says Grom. Okay, it's like seven feet away, c- curled up and wrinkly. Are you looking for Gosh, that does, <laughs> doesn't sound right. And, and yes, I am wearing my tongue, pants. I'm willing and I'm to try, Shannon. Um, huh. Wow, well, I couldn't get to them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry to all our us. listeners for that. I couldn't get to the slides fast enough. But I think... Am I loud? Um, I think am I loud now? If it, like if it came down to... Oh, wow. <laughs> if it came sorry, down Scott. to it, that would be... You know, those characters are your poison elves. If you threw yourself into the comic, I mean, it's your life story. No, it is. You know, me working with you at writing it how I see fit, but it's your story, and it's very personal, and it's it's part of what holds me back from it is because I try to write it without overbearing the personal part just to try to make it entertaining and a comic. You, you can definitely write better dialogue than I can. All I can do is write dialogue. Because um, I can't tell a story to save my life. According to some people. <laughs> according to some people. Um, Which people would that be? Uh, it was apparently Cisco. She's raising her hand over in the corner. Yeah. No, I, I was <laughs> raising my hand to ask. And But I mean, I write those characters. Angry Filipino. I've written those characters since based ah. off of that one story and it's it's See, sort and of built from there. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm listening. <laughs> and it, it it just seems like you know, if you if you really wanted to do a tribute to Drew Hayes for Poison Elves, it wouldn't be doing Poison Elves stuff. It would be doing something because he inspired you with how he did poison elves. Oh, absolutely. And and that's what I've always kind of seen that as. Is it always seemed to me like Grom was for you what Lucifer was to Drew. Absolutely. You know, it started out Grom wasn't even supposed to be you. He was based off of somebody else, but then it grew to become you. It grew to become your voice. And I think that's what happened to Drew. He started writing Lucifer as other people and then it became his voice. Because every city has a voice. I would love to see your letter column talking about what went through your head and where these stories that are coming out in print actually came I couldn't name the letter column. I'd have to leave it up to you. Well, we could name it. But you could write it. Dark Little Corner? (laughs) Maybe. Danger Shed! I know like 347 (laughs) publishers. Notes from the Danger Shed. 
get it written. That's what the letter called. Get it published. That's easy. Boy, getting it written. That's always the hard part. Yeah, I could probably have it drawn. Yep. <laughs> no, I, I've written my own comic book, and uh, and it's 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 gonna stay where it's at in a sketchbook at my house. But uh, you know. should bring it. No. It's a it's a quality story. You um, too could have a tab <laughs> on the website. Ooh. Adventures of Squid Boy. I would prefer a Mountain Dew compared to a tab. Thank you. Is he a, is he a squid Billy? No, no. He, oh, has, God, he has the no. ability to turn himself into a squid. Um, uh, well, actually, the form of a squid. He doesn't actually have the internal organs of a squid, so he can't actually s- breathe underwater. Form of squid. Um, ink. Form of He can just turn sponge. into a squid and sort of fall over. It's pretty impressive, really. Yes. So it- so it's Hog. like the Wonder Twins' lame cousin. Oh yeah, no, it's the the, the Wonder Twins' lamest cousin, and it's it's all based upon uh, it's just more of a parody of of the, the the superhero culture. So I just wanted to pick somebody and give him the worst power possible, and uh, show that it's really not about the powers; it's about the person. Not like it. like Meg just growing long fingernails. Exactly, and poor poor Meg, <laughs> she just always gets the short end of the stick. I feel bad. Every now and then, when Meg gets treated harshly, just because Mila wor- Kunis is so hot. Mila Kunis is so the, the, hot. The worst is when they do the future thing and she got the sex change. Oh, yeah. She's like, wow. Wow. They just really took that one really far. Yeah. And you know, Mila Kunis has just got to be loving it, though. Just be like, what did you do to my character this week? Oh, okay. They're going to throw up every time I walk into the room? Okay. But Who being disturbingly Chowder? hot, I mean, it, it, it's got to be sort well, of Well, Mila Kunis has a character based off of her likeness in the uh, comic The Freshman. Mm-hmm. Written by Seth Green. So there's our comic tie-in. And Chris, you, yourself, have been writing a comic script. You could call that writing if you want. <laughs> I would have to because that's pretty much how I do it. What, you do it in a starved delusion? Which yeah. is what I did. Heavily medicated. <laughs> That's what most artists work from, yeah, is seriously. a starved delusion. Except well, for the starving part. Well, Chris's inspiration was from lack of sustenance of any kind. Lack of sustenance and a really bad foam prop for Cub Scouts. Okay, you need to explain that and, one. And Doc Cobb was Basically, born. Well, you were on a lot of pain medication, too. No, because not too much the Cub Scout pack that I work with has like four commissioners, which normal packs have like 20, 30 people who run them. Our pack has like four of us that actually show up for meeting, meetings and plan things. So we are always in charge of everything. So. Wild! Cub Scouts. <laughs> Cub Scouts sell popcorn the way that Girl Scouts sell cookies. Not the way the girls Horse. go sell cookies. <laughs> yep. Yeah, popcorn's okay. not like crack. Not the same. Exactly. But I've same... never woke, woken up at 3 o'clock in the morning jonesing for popcorn. Now a Thin Mint. No. <laughs> Goldfish, if you could inject maybe. those damn things. Oh, 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 oh baby. Goldfish, maybe. I don't anyway, even like chocolate. <laughs> so the she doesn't person... like Thin Mints. I hate Thin Mints. Communist. The person who is in charge Communist. of popcorn is, of course, called the Popcorn Colonel. I died a little bit inside. Right there. I just, <laughs> I'm not quite sure if you saw that. You did. But yeah, did no, you see I, how I, I paused for that moment of silence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, Puns this year, me. I got to be the popcorn colonel. 
So when I went to the is that kind of like the punk rock r- girl? Huh? Sail around the world. When I went to the pre, <laughs> did you just say punk cock girl? Punk rock girl. <laughs> wow. Where is Where your mind? Are you? <laughs> and what is a punk cock? <laughs> <laughs> well, when you shave it, so it's kind of like a mohawk. Wow. 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 Oh, so, Larry's spikes hurt. In that case, I have a punk cock. Oh wait, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but anyway, yes. when I went to the pre popcorn meeting, they gave me this hat that was. Do you still have it? Cob. It's a corn. It's, it's a basically corn a foam cob. corn cob that's about two feet long. <laughs> With a hole in it so you can put it on your head like a cheese hat. That sounds disturbingly phallic. Where is it? It is disturbingly phallic. <laughs> and now she's been over to the couch to get it. Oh, God, I will give you $20 to put that on. <laughs> That's an now easy 20 Now I need $20. <laughs> you know, for all of yes. you wonderful people at Here. home, she's wearing a giant uh, yellow penis on her head. Um, oh, she's got to throw it to me. This would be good. It's brillowy. And now, so now this Ribbed came up. That if you've noticed this corn cob, for all those of you that can't see this, the corn cob is there. Will be photos pass it on the d20.net. Thank you. You can actually fit your hand in here. Yes, I'm talking about the corn cob fisting uh, with yes. a corn cob. And this brought about mm, Doc Cobb, who basically corn. has New this story. big corn cob thing on his arm to launch corn cobs, and that's how <sighs> pathetic he is. <laughs> and basically, he looks like Orville Redenbacher. Corky probably has a picture inside his. Once again, I know a ton of publishers. <laughs> so <laughs> write it; I'll get it published. His, his only abilities are that he can affect plants, but only corn, not any other plants, just corn. And he's really pretty much wants to be a supervillain, but really doesn't have the heart for it, and is really pathetic. So he has a corn cob launcher. He can strike squ- the heart into villains everywhere. Yes, for fear he can squirt out the. Buttery oil stuff <laughs> that you get at the movie theater. And not from himself. He has an actual, like, mechanical thing that does it. We call that superhero lubricant. <laughs> and some kind of kernel grenades, which are oversized corn kernels. And did you go with the the kid partner? No, he has a partner that he made out of corn husk. husks called Husk. Did you find him yet? Yeah. Isn't there a X-Men called Husk? There is a Generation X okay. character named Husk. Uh, one of the Guthries, really? yep. actually. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah Sam's uh, younger sister. That's yep. right. Cannonball. <laughs> Cannonball, of course, being a member of the... Uh, originally showed up in the New Mutants episode Which one. is coming out again, or is out currently. It is. I have all the New Mutants, of course, because that goes along with my well, we um, had, we love had... of childhood superheroes. I went all the way up through when they did the animator storyline and Doug Ramsey died. And oh. well, we have, the, and we have Doc Cobb, we have, yeah. we have Cypher Huss. Cypher was always my favorite. So. And we have uh, Colin Green. And uh, what was the other one we came up with? Um, I know that you guys had some weird pig thing that you wanted in there. Hamhock! Hamhock. <laughs> Yes, it's terrible. Isn't well, you know, Captain Calamari fits and... in with this. So, yes, I mean, yes. My, was my be... squid character can go in here, no problem. Yeah, it was because I bought the I bought the pig head from the the Goodwill. Not a real pig head. Oh, that's right. It was, it's a ceramic pig's head that hangs on your wall, so it looks like it's mounted to your wall. And I had come home with it because I actually have a I don't know sailfish or a marlin or something. So to kind of go back in time a little bit, Peabody and Sherman studio here. Studio fish. The studio fish. So I, I'm at Center for Creative Studies, which is one, one of the 
fourth hardest art colleges to get into. And I, I got in with no issue whatsoever. It's kind of embarrassing. Um, so I, I meet a guy that I used to go to high school with, and he was a senior when I was when I was a freshman. And he's in his final year. And Fred was a god. And Fred, if you ever find this, that you are a god. Because um, you're the only one that I know that can do the whole David Bowie thing with the pool ball from Labyrinth. Um, so I'm, I'm sitting in Fred's studio, and his studio is, I would say, probably from Julian's room to the kitchen. So he had this huge studio. It was all his. That's 30 feet, kids. <laughs> and he had this this fish and it was like it's like this big and it was painted just that's three feet kids pure white it was just pure white and and in so, and somebody at some point I don't think it was Fred had scrawled studio fish and black permanent marker on it and at the end of the quarter he's cleaning out his studio and the studio fish was in the garbage so I pilfered it took it home and it's been part of my studio ever since uh but i have was it three four five years ago i repainted it Mm -hmm. so it's actually blue with the yellow underbelly that you would find in most sport fish so i have the studio fish and i come home with this pig head which i will paint so it looks like a real pig and Corey's looking at me that'd be creepy and he's like what, you guys need another character for Doc Cobb, Hamhock? And I I laughed for, what, 10, 15 minutes? You were breathless. Because it was just beautiful. So there's Hamhock that will be the new character. And I think we could actually Did squeak you actually draw in. Hamhock? You didn't draw Hamhock, no, right? No, we, we could probably squeak in Young Cud here at some point. <laughs> Whoa. So I just have to go on a taxidermy tangent because with the entire head, pig head on the wall. Uh, Chris, do you remember Harold, the best dead cat in the world? What? No. About 14 years ago, <laughs> Chris and I went on a wonderful adventure up into Seattle to uh, register oh, Santa yes. Rosa with the, the Camarillo. The crazy road trip. And uh, we stayed for three days or two days with uh, two of the weirdest people I've ever even conceived. They were nice. One of them gave me a foil. Um, and one of them gave me a really nice cane. They were at, they were phenomenally kind I people. Got a rock. Really, really weird. Um, they had Harold, the best dead cat that in the world. That was awesome. Which was a mummified cat that they had found underneath the crawl space of their house. It had desiccated after being uh, in, in the heat, I, which I don't really understand because it was in Seattle. But Seattle uh, actually can get hot. Uh, fair enough, like two days out of the year. Uh, yes, dead like cat hot for a couple hours. So they got this desiccated cat, which of course at this point had no hair left, and hair left, and it, its you know, lips were pulled back in this horrible rictus of pain and, and anguish. Joker cat. A joker cat. And so Smilex. what they did is they got the cat, they nailed it to their wall and put a frame around it. And it was Harold, the best dead cat in the world. And I slept underneath Harold, the best dead cat in the world. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, blocked most of that trip. I always really have that the jars of flesh in the bathroom. You don't. Head. I mean, my God. Jars of flesh. They had jars of flesh, like miscellaneous animal flesh, sitting in jars in their bathroom. And because these were, this was when Vampire first came out, and LARP was new, and everybody was just this repressed super goth. I just uh, remember going there. And it was like, this is the camera. These are the people who are like the Methuselahs for Vampire. And it's like this middle-aged, overweight, fat guy. 
And I'm like, God, my reality's just been shattered to what vampires should be. You've been telling me what to do from afar? Why? You know, he's like, oh, look, I got this party to go to. And I was like, dude, you don't have a party to go to. Come on now. And I remember the game we went to, too. It was like half of the people were walking around in imaginary cars. It's like, you can't see us. We're driving. That's like, Jesus Christ, man. I mean, just get together. Let's kill each other or something. But, you know, you yeah, can't talk the... to us because you're driving? Yeah. Maybe they were terrible, terrible, you terrible. In your car. Yeah, nothing like trying to be trapped in the car with Jeremy and, oh, Nick. and Nick. Oh. <laughs> you know, we're, we're sleep deprived. We basically drove straight through, except for we stopped and slept for a half hour in Ashland. In some park. Yeah. <laughs> in some, right, like in front of a motel or something, you know. And we took turns driving. And I remember, I think I was in the back seat. It's my car we took. Mm hmm. I had in the back seat because I let Jeremy drive. And I remember waking up and looking, going, Jeremy, you really can't drive the car that fast. Please stop. (laughs) Because he was pegging out the speedometer on the car. Yeah, when I don't rank in the top two uh, weird people in the car, you know there's a problem. Um, And I was like third on the list, way down. Or Jeremy in the back going, ooh, I'm Todd, and I just blew up the moon. Yeah. What the hell was that? <laughs> you know, I think that's when Vampire you know, no. seriously lost it for me, is when like people started calling me at home asking for my character. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know what, mouth breather? Go away. It's like, my name is Shannon. No. <laughs> I, I can top that one. I went to do a photo shoot with Jeremy at his house in Sevastopol. And we've totally sidetracked, but that's okay. We've okay. gotten a good 50 minutes of comics. Jeremy could be a now. comic character, so he's akin to the Joker. <laughs> so, anyway, I go to Jeremy's house, which is like down this windy country driveway. No, I've, I've been there. Yeah. You've <laughs> been to Jeremy's house, right? So, we're doing photo shoots, and he's on the tire swing. He's in his priest robe and doing the whole tall thing, and whoa. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, you have this beautiful Victorian house. Let's go into the house and take some pictures there. And and we go up to his room. And his room, like the back edge of his room, has the staircase up to the attic. But it's not actually the staircase. It's like the casing of the staircase. And there's this little, like, two-foot door that goes into the room, like, under the stairs. Like and, John Malkovich style? Yes, like little tiny door. <laughs> and so he opens the little tiny door. He's like, it's a really small room, so go ahead and go in ahead of me and I'll follow you in. And I'm standing there thinking to myself, there is nothing you could do that would make me crawl through that little door and be in the room under the stairs in your house when no one knows I'm here. Why did you no. ever go to his house? Because I was doing a photo shoot for him. That's not a good reason. I was in high school and invincible, and I was a vampire. Was that yeah, before I, I met you? Yeah, I shouldn't have sold him nearly that much crank. Anyways. <laughs> wow. I, I just remember meeting up with him at the library the one time. Yeah, we met him, and he wouldn't and I say was like, he was Jeremy. Yeah. We both knew like, him from school. You're Jeremy. No, I'm Ta. No, you're not. <laughs> that um, and when he and Nick locked everybody in the bank. Oh, I remember that night. That was right. And I didn't know if I should be more scared that everybody was locked in the bank or that I was locked outside the bank with Jeremy and Nick. Yeah, once again, sorry for selling him so much drugs. <laughs> I fault. 
Yeah, I remember him trying to jump cars on the skates in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Once again, How many did he jump? <laughs> oh, none. No. Now, I remember when someone stole his damn stuffed bunny rabbit and he got all pissed off and started trying to beat people up. That was rad. Oh, yeah. Didn't that make that in that. the Changeling book? <laughs> Isn't there a picture that they did, Nick did, of the bunny in the Changeling book? That's the first edition Changeling. That is a distinct possibility. Nick did work for White Wolf for, for that entire period. How did I don't know how that happened? He was a good artist. I mean, that's I mean, he did do some good art. Um, as as far as a person is concerned, um, who knows? I mean, uh, you can Facebook him. Oh, neat. Um, but I mean, I was nineteen. I mean, I I was doing a, a a lot of drugs, and so were they. And so you know, I mean, most likely they probably planned out somewhere. Um, with luck, it's above ground. <laughs> but that lifestyle doesn't attribute to a, a long and healthy life. But yeah. you never know. Again, I have the violent femmes Keith Richards. through my head. That's all I can say. Will live forever. But it, uh, heroin is a food source for him. I mean, he, he, he gains vitamin B from it. Him and Dick Clark are going to make a race to see who's at the end of the world. Dick Clark's still alive. As far as I know, yeah. isn't he? My oh. God. He's a Methuselah. So there's a picture hanging somewhere. Um, yes, Dorian. Oscar Wilde reference. I got it. I couldn't tell you where that's from. I just <laughs> picture of Dorian Gray, Oscar well, Wilde, one of the greatest books ever written. My on, Chris, God, your, people. Your dad has a similar painting somewhere. I'm sure. I mean, you know, he, he was a, a drunken pederast who died of, of consumption after spending five years in jail for sodomizing some twelve year old. I mean, come on. If you're going to have a hero of, of ancient literature, well, classical literature, Oscar Wilde's the man. These days, he'd be a director who would just leave the country. Well, actually, he'd just be a Catholic priest. Right, I mean, that too. Then he'd get wow. paid for it. Wow, now that we've totally moved churches. <laughs> we might want to just call it a night on this. Or we've totally degraded into, I don't even know what to call that. Um, Honesty. Yeah. That's called bashing Christian religion. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> wow. So that's podcast. But it's okay from that I, side of the room because those folks are Catholic. I guess I I'm not Catholic. You're not Catholic. I'm Lutheran. Okay. Shannon's Catholic. I am Catholic. I'm a very bad Catholic. A very bad Catholic. I was Catholic once. I got over it. I was almost a priest. <laughs> I got over it too. When they wouldn't you, baptize you, me. You got over it after the priest got over Why you. Why wouldn't they baptize you? Because my parents didn't go to church. Heathens. So I told them they could take their bureaucracy and put it somewhere. I don't think I'd say that to a Catholic so, priest. So when, when, you, when you said that... <laughs> he might take his bureaucracy and put it somewhere, and he might be holding a candle while he does it. So when, when you said that, did you leave? No, no. Did you that's leave? Fitch, that's a sacramental. Did, did you leave and walk down into town and get your own job? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I'm not taking you on any road trips anymore. I thought it was great dialogue. <laughs> All right, so uh, I think we've finished with comics, to say the very least. Uh, so that's podcast number 17. Ooh. And uh, this is Chris. Cisco. Corey. Wild. Grom. And Shannon, <laughs> a.k.a. Mr. Guest. And Mr. Mr. Guest. Guest. All right. He does have 11 fingers on his left hand. I do. Yeah. On my just on my left hand, yeah. eleven fingers. <laughs> really? Not all together. Just Good night. I am the masturbating king. <laughs>